0: like treason news everyone pop culture politics and a sprinkle of treason i'm joined today in a turn of events by eric
1: hello look at this the benefit of having a friend who has nothing to do
0: okay i have to say though because (laughs) originally not to give everyone too much of a gander Behind the curtain mm-hmm, of light mm-hmm. treason news, but originally my co-host today was scheduled to be Charles, and as is the life of a, a bartender, he was called up very last minute. I might add to work today. Obviously, he has to work. He's got bills. Um, don't know why anyone in in this economy and this climate would turn down work, but okay. Go ahead.
1: Here's my question, though. And maybe you can explain it because I'm hoping that Charles explained it to you. Because I'm sure you've asked him the same question, which is that how can indoor dining be banned in New York but not a bar?
0: I don't really understand it. I know they have (laughs) limited hours, too. I also, there was a rule that you had to eat if you were drinking Between certain hours. So now it's like, I guess everything just has to be outdoors now. Not really clear on that. Very strange. But Charles obviously was very excited to do the show and is furious that you have Mm -hmm. taken his place. And Mm -hmm. I am now operating under explicit directions to make your life a living hell. So I just have to ask <laughs> you immediately at the top of the episode, how mm. does it feel to rip money away from a proud gay man, um, <laughs> during a pandemic? How do you feel as a straight man having done that?
1: I'm mean, going to be honest. I feel great about it. Wow. Uh, I'm just leaning into it. This is, uh, you know, I, uh, I prepared for this moment. Uh, I have an online job, uh, and I just, you know, uh, That's what winners do. So sorry to Charles.
0: Okay, Gordon Gecko. Okay. (laughs) Wow, it's all greed is good, huh? (laughs) At any price.
1: Look, I'm very happy that Charles has the opportunity to work. I just don't- And make
0: way more money than having come on the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. sure. Uh,
1: I just don't, I'm I'm glad he's able to work. I just don't understand why he's able to, and I would love to hear from him why that is able to happen. Uh, I just want to say,
0: like, not to make too serious of a point in mm. um, the fuck around zone, which is what I should have <laughs> called the pop culture section. I think it's I good. Apologize I apologize to everybody. I'm an idiot. I sometimes branding ideas occur to me like eight years too late, and I'm right. like, oh, I should have called it the fuck around zone. Whatever. You know what we should?
1: You know what we should do? We should start a second podcast. We'll just call it "Fucking Around" with Allison. And it's just that section of it It's
0: show. still not the name that I want, though. If we're mm. going to start a second podcast... <laughs> Eric, if I'm going to go through all the work of starting another <laughs> goddamn podcast, we're calling it the fuck-around zone. And the whole yeah. thing's going to be the fuck-around zone. Okay. The fuck-around okay. zone's
1: good. Yeah, let's go. All right.
0: So, not to make too much of a serious point in the fuck-around mm. zone, but yeah. if you have not heard the news, Governor Cuomo uh, announced that... There is now no indoor dining in New York mm-hmm. City, which I agree with by the way. we should have done this eight months ago. Mm-hmm. but if you're gonna do that, you gotta bail out these small businesses and and do a second stimulus. What the fuck are these restaurants gonna do?
1: yeah, I mean this has been such like it's honestly the one of the worst things about like the response to the pandemic other than all of it uh is. I really hate when people that I don't like have good points and Mm, sure I think there's a strong I think the like the the more like libertarian minded people have a strong case on this one where it's like you can't just shut down a business and not give them money
0: yeah like what do they think the end game of this is and it's sort of like Oh, they just don't care because they obviously they know that if a small business is forced to close for, I mean, in New York, it's like days and you can go under or weeks and you'll go under um, easily. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's like, I mean, it's everything about this was so patchwork that it just created literally like the perfect set of wrong things all working together where it's like, okay, you're not allowed to run your business but we're also not going to remunerate you in any way. Also, you still owe rent for the business that you can't go to.
0: Yeah, BT like, dubs, ever it's just layers of shit that you are now required to eat. <clears throat> and um, and rent on your house. Do you guys not like shit? Do you not like eating shit? <laughs> oh, that's weird.
1: Right. It's it's so it's just like it's just like man, like come on. Like I'm I'm on the side of like aggressive public health measures. I want to be I want to be the cheerleader for An incredible, like, nationwide, like, dominating response to a pandemic. And they've just fucked it up so much that I can't even be a cheerleader for that.
0: That's my fear now, that people will be like, oh, erring on the side of caution with public health equals financial ruin for me personally. So fuck it, let's just roll the dice. I would rather risk exposure to a deadly virus, but be earning money to live that they've just put poor people in this impossible Sophie's choice decision no. where it's like, would you rather catch a deadly virus or pass along a deadly virus to someone you love and potentially killing them? Or, you know, would you rather um, and and be able to earn money doing that or protect your personal health, but get kicked out of your home, lose your business. Like what sucks more?
1: Right. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, it's just like we live in a capitalist society. You have to pay money for things like rent to live. And so it's like, okay, so you're saying I can't make money, but I also have to pay for all these things. That yeah, It's ridiculous.
0: It's ridiculous. And I don't know what, I don't know how they, when I say they, I always mean like the powerful rich people <laughs> in charge of everything, our lives. Right. I don't know what they think is going to happen. Because it's like, okay, so you're kicking the can down the road a, a little ways, I guess, with this decision. But ultimately, this always, always ends with millions of people being evicted. And then where the fuck are yeah. they going to go?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because it's like, you can't. okay, you have an eviction moratorium. Okay, well, it stops people from getting evicted. But in the eyes of the landlord, they still owe all that rent. So as soon as the eviction moratorium is over, it's like, okay, so now they get evicted? Okay, like, who fucking cares if it's six months from now?
0: It's like wealthy rich people think that there was, like, a limited number of revolutions that could happen, and we already (laughs) had all of them. And they're like, well, we got all of those behind us, (laughs) so they won't do that again. What do you they still have guillotines? (laughs) What?
1: It really does kind of feel like, you know, we all know that politicians are of touch, but it is sort of like... It's like they don't live on the same planet.
0: Well, I bet that's the calculation. I bet they're like, by the time all this shit goes down, we'll have that big-ass rocket we can all get into. Right. You know the right. rocket they that Elon's won't been working on? This... on? Right. We'll all just right. pile into the big-ass rocket and go to our rich-person planet, and they won't be able to get us because poor people don't have a rocket. <laughs> that's for damn right. sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, because you have stolen opportunity and a platform mm-hmm. from a proud gay man, yes. um, I'm sorry. I, I still had an opening question specifically for Charles that now you are responsible for. <laughs>
1: okay. So. All right.
0: Even though you do not personally watch the Real Housewives franchise, mm-hmm. I do need you to field this question for me. Who okay. in your opinion is the housewife living beyond their means the most mm. and why?
1: Okay. Can, all right, can you answer one question for me?
0: If you're going to ask me who the specific housewives <laughs> are, no.
1: No, where cuz there's I don't where is the current season?
0: Oh, Eric, honey, this is, Where for is it located? all of the seasons. Oh, so, for all, so
1: it's an overall. Okay. All and right.
0: all of the franchises. So whether you want to answer in I the see. spirit of New York or New Jersey okay. or Beverly Hills okay. or Orange County so or Dallas or Potomac or Miami or mm-hmm. um, Salt Lake City, if you want to make it real current, entirely right. up to you.
1: I feel confident there Atlanta? has to have been Atlanta. Atlanta would be a good one. I feel Atlanta's like Atlanta great was probably a good one. I f- I feel confident. At least one Real Housewife had to have been named Tanya.
0: Tamra, you're close. There's a Tamra. There's a Tamra. Okay.
1: I feel like I feel good about Tamra.
0: Okay, interesting choice. I would not agree with you. I think Tamra's <laughs> gym business is doing pretty well. Mm, um, mm. my answer, of course, would be Sonya Fucking Morgan, who's Sonia. one of my all-time favorite I'm... housewives. But Sonia, honey. Oh, she's really still hoping people will take the fact that she at one time was married to JP Morgan as like apparently a line of credit. <laughs> I don't know. But she's Wish for sure the JP Morgan. Yes, correct. <laughs> How she's old is in... this
1: person? How old is this real housewife?
0: Uh Sonia's gotta be pushing she's gotta be in her fifties now, I think.
1: Oh wait but there's there's multiple J.P. Morgans aren't there? Yes, correct. Because his son or his grandson was also J.P. Morgan. Yes. Like there was the original guy and then and then they just like they were like, it's not enough to just keep passing down the Morgan name. We've got to pass down literally the name J.P. Morgan, so yes. everyone knows who this person is.
0: Yeah, but she, she, I mean, she was like, um, like a hostess, like at a restaurant that he would go to, and he saw her, and he was like, "I make you my wife." Uh, but she, she's, she's legit. She wasn't a mistress. Like she's in the family book, and right, yeah, has a bunch of shit with the Morgan crest on it. Like she's legit. Nice. Um, but. Ugh, now she's definitely living beyond her means. And it's very clear that none of her brand endeavors have gone well. And so my answer would be Sonia fucking Morgan uh, or or the Countess Luann, who's no longer a countess. But um, OK, I've
1: heard I've heard of this person. Yeah, I feel yeah, like I feel like you would expect a countess to be pretty uh, extravagant.
0: A lot of these women like married well in their 20s got divorced obviously because that's what happens and then just kept living like they did in their 20s and acquired like accumulated huge amounts of debt and just keep going and then they they like self-medicate by drinking too much and taking pills and they're like i don't know why i'm stressed all the time (laughs) and it's like i do you're millions of dollars in debt um okay let me ask let me ask this
1: because i'm learning okay wow proud Are any of the Real Housewives living
0: within their means? Absolutely. That's a great question. Way to flip it. Uh, Mm. If I had to give an answer about who I think is living the most within their means, meaning they're a responsible uh, businesswoman, Mm -hmm. really on top of their finances, investing in very smart ways, I would say Bethany Frankel for sure. She's the creator of uh, Skinny Girl Margaritas. Mm. Um, Okay great businesswoman, like fiercely intelligent, takes zero shit from anyone, has had like n- numerous successful business ventures. So Bethany's a boss. I think Bethany's doing like legitimately well and will probably be incredibly financially secure her entire life. Right. Um so yeah, I think Bethany's killing it. Um gosh. Trying to See, think about the franchises. That kind
1: of thing would get me to watch the show because I respect a person that doesn't necessarily have to work giving it, you know, the old college try. Well, uh, the thing about
0: Bethany is she's always been incredibly uh, financially successful, but she's worked for absolutely everything she's had. Like she got her start in like the restaurant business, but mm-hmm. she mm-hmm. was always like, she's a ball buster, dude. Like she hustles.
1: Right. Uh, I respect she, you that. know
0: she's also a new yorker so she's like the right. the epitome of that sort of energy she's just like right. go 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 all the time um right, right. but yeah really beyond that a lot of these women are just like happen to have married well like even vicky gundelson was going to be my other answer she's real housewives of orange county she owns her own insurance business um she's a really good businesswoman but she makes dumb romantic decisions. So my fear for Vicky would be marrying the wrong dude who takes all of her money, you know? Right. But in terms of being a, a smart, capable businesswoman, killing it. Like if she protects her finances, which I think at this point in her life, she will, um, she'll be fine.
1: I would imagine. And look, what I'm about to say, please don't anyone, uh, uh, accuse me of having sympathy for rich people because i do not uh i feel like if you're already rich and not married that would be a difficult position to be in
0: yeah like who you can trust i mean but that's what prenups are for
1: right or you You just have to like marry another rich person
0: yeah that's always an option yeah um well you know what you did way better than i thought you would do fielding that (laughs) question so good on you guys if you have an answer to that question i'd be very curious to hear it hashtag light trees and pod who is the real housewife living beyond their means the most
1: you know what's funny this so does does real housewives stream on any platform hulu hulu okay i it's funny that i haven't watched real housewives because Famously, my favorite genre of television and movie is disgusting rich people. So,
0: Eric, yeah, you got to get into the real housewives, (laughs) and there's so many like delicious things too. Oh, can I add somebody else to the pantheon of responsible, financially responsible housewives? Um, Candy from Real Housewives of Atlanta. She uh, first rose to prominence in her youth, she was in a a very popular um, musical girl group um and she since then has uh had numerous business ventures opening restaurants uh she had a pod like a sex podcast but She is always hustling, always doing incredible business things that are very, very financially successful. So Candy is another, Candy will be set for life. And not only is Candy a responsible businesswoman, she employs like hundreds of people every year to throw these like big parties and events. So I'm convinced Candy is like personally keeping half of Atlanta employed at all times, (laughs) just like putting on shows and shit. Like she's really, really incredible.
1: I do respect that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's funny because I, uh, you know, um, the other day I came in and um, Faith was watching the first season of Gossip Girl, which I had never seen. I've never
0: seen Gossip Girl.
1: I sat down and watched like half a season and I was like, do I? It's like, it's one of those shows where I'm like, I, like out of body, third person, like can recognize this is a terrible show. But also I'm just like, I will watch anything with just like the worst disgusting rich people in it. Okay. And so, so I'm like, okay, I do like this.
0: All right. So I'm going to say this for you then, because the first mm. question people always have is what Fran or it's all part of the real housewives franchise, but what city should I start with? And that's a really tricky question because I feel like each city has its own personality. Um, Other than Dallas, I'm pretty well-versed in all of the different Real Housewives um, branches. But I would say, and I do think you should at least watch some of one season, I would start with, and I know I'm biased, but I'm I'm a Real Housewives of New York girl. I'm also a huge fan of Real Housewives of Atlanta and Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Oh, Orange County. Orange County is the original. They're the OGs. That was the original show. I see. Um, right. And on that show, obviously, are some of the OG housewives, including Vicky. So like if you're approaching it from a historical viewpoint, maybe Real Housewives of Orange County, because you can see the show from like the first very weird episodes where they they sort of approached it at first, like we're making a documentary. And then they right. realized, oh, no, this is straight garbage. And then they just, like, <laughs> leaned into the garbage in a really beautiful way. So I have a nostalgia factor for Real, Real Housewives of Orange County. Real Housewives of New York is nuts and stays nuts. Nice. So I love it for that reason. Some of the best characters to ever appear on Real Housewives are uh, part of Real Housewives of New York. So, yeah. That would be my answer.
1: Having met rich New Yorkers, that is what I would assume. That is probably the one I would have gravitated to first.
0: Well, they're just so interesting, and I feel like they're more diverse. When I say diverse, I certainly don't mean racially. They're a bunch of white women (laughs) up until, no kidding, like recently. Like recently, they were like, we should not have all white women on this cast. But in terms of like politically, rich New Yorkers are very interesting because you definitely have your Trump People like uh, sure. Ramona, uh, but you all Ramona's also famous for running around New York constantly without wearing a mask. Like people take <laughs> candid photos of her all the time, just out and about not wearing a mask. But anyway, um, but then you have like very wealthy liberals as well. So that's interesting because especially when Trump gets elected, they like the wives get fucking into it. Like they really, really start going at each other over Trump, which is interesting. Um, Yeah. Like
1: like like upper like upper west side, like New York liberals are some of the weirdest people on Earth. I
0: well think. now these are upper east side girls upper east side okay upper okay. west side girls are like the the more hippie sort of like right granola yeah yeah upper east yeah. siders yeah and then it's interesting because i mean they parse their world entirely differently like this latest season there's a new younger housewife named leah and she's a downtown girl and they treat having to go Downtown, like they're visiting a different planet, <laughs> right. and it's so funny because Leah's like literally, like, you were just in a car for 10 minutes, that's like literally all that just happened. And they're like, What is this place? <laughs> so funny,
1: yeah. I was just thinking about how, like, um, there was a thing that happened like over the summer where you know, uh, hotels obviously like shut down because nobody was traveling, mm-hmm. and then de Blasio started breaking up homeless shelters and he started housing uh, unhoused people in some of these shuttered hotels. And one of them that became And everybody
0: was totally okay with it. And they uh, said, we support your decision, Mayor. We love being around poor people.
1: Well, what was funny was it was relatively fine except for one, which of course it was like the one hotel that was, I believe, on the Upper West Side, uh, the Lucerne Hotel, I believe. Mm -hmm. And- it was just like all of the, – because there is this sort of like this class of people where it's like we're very wealthy, but we're liberal. And so we talk a lot about, you know, social justice and liberal values. And then as soon as a homeless person was on their block, they is were that like, fun? this is fucked up. When you and actually have to
0: live your values and you're like, wait a goddamn minute. Right. So yeah. – uh Eric, I congratulate you again on fielding that question. Mm -hmm. So, as you know, I've mentioned this before on the show, I've been asking our listeners for their spooky stories, and y'all have been killing it. Uh, One of the biggest fans is, and forgive me if I'm mispronouncing this, Gaius wrote in and said, I love that you're doing ghost stories now. The one about the ghost that froze drinks and killed mice gave me chills. Also, have you seen the movie Triangle? I found it very enjoyable, and I think you might also. We have very similar tastes. Gaius, I know we have similar tastes. You you tweet me on Twitter, and I agree with almost all of your recommendations and opinions on things, so I will check out Triangle. And then Jamie of Ghost Steve Fame Jamie's the one who sent the story that everybody really responded to about the frozen drinks um, Mm -hmm. and the the mice being killed by Ghost Steve. They wrote in again, and I'm just going to tell you, I have not read this, so I have no idea what we're in store for. Oh, wow. I know. So Jamie writes, I got more spooky stories for you. I bought a ceramic horned skull a few years ago, at a curio shop here in Montreal, about a week after getting it, I started having dreams about it. Uh oh. I figured it was just coincidental, but they kept happening. One repeated, uh, one that repeated was uh, uh oh, Jamie, what does this say? Uh-oh. One repeated, one was the skull with random adornments on it, like necklaces. Okay. I brought it up to my girlfriend and she put a little flower on the skull's head. Okay. I stopped having the dream. Great. Then I started having a different one where the skull would have bandages wrapped around its mouth. It's one of those skulls without a bottom jaw. So I went back to the curio shop, bought a fox, I think, jaw, placed that around the skull and surprise, I stopped having that dream. At that point, I decided the skull needed a name. We named her, and are you ready, Eric? They named her Bethany. (laughs) She's been quiet since and lives on our kitchen table. Oh, I love that one because it kind of has a happy ending. Bethany missed her bottom jaw, so they got her a bottom jaw, and she was like, thank you so much. Now I can stop haunting your dreams.
1: Okay. What I'm about to say uh, is... Uh, I, I might get canceled for.
0: Okay. I like it. All right. I like a hot take. Let's do it.
1: Jamie, it sounds like you're bringing this on yourself. Okay. that's okay. I'm going to go out on a limb you know and say you know that this I is wasn't, your fault.
0: I wasn't going to say it because I don't like to victim blame on this show, but Eric, I am there with you. <laughs> you got to stop buying cursed objects, <laughs> Jamie. Okay. You're inviting this into your own home and your own brain.
1: If you find yourself buying something from a curio
0: Okay. You should just
1: be prepared for whatever's about to happen. You should be You brought prepared. it on yourself.
0: You should be prepared. And we don't victim blame on this show, but Jamie, you're a victim we're going to blame right now, okay? Mm-hmm. You yeah. got to stop buying haunted <laughs> objects from curio shops. <laughs> I Although th- I, I, think- do, I do congratulate you on um, finding a solution for Bethany.
1: That was smart thinking. That was smart. And honestly, uh, I'm glad Bethany likes the fox jaw.
0: As do I, even though I can't imagine that's the correct size for her jaw.
1: I think, you know, I feel like if you're haunting in search of a jaw, you probably just got to, beggars can't be choosers, right? You got to kind of take whatever comes your way because you don't know when it's going to come come again.
0: Right. Uh, thank you, Jamie. Thank you so much for sending all of those fantastic ghost stories. You were a huge hit on the show. If you have a ghost story that you would like to share... Um, please, please sign up at my Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Allison Kilkenny, for as little as five dollars a month over there. You support all of the additional um, content. You support me financially. You support my co-hosts, who I pay anytime they're on the show. Patreon.com/slash Allison Kilkenny, and yeah, there's like bonus episodes up over there. You can watch the the short film that I made with money raised by my Patreon. All of that dope stuff. And then guys, final housekeeping thing up top. I am going to take a break for the holidays because your girl needs to rest. How so we you. will be back. How dare I? Uh, in this <laughs> in this economy, in under capitalism, Sorry, Gordon gecko, second Gordon <laughs> gecko reference. Uh, so we will be back with new episodes January 9th after New Year's and all that good stuff. So just FYI, y'all tend to panic when I go away. So I just wanted to let you guys know that everything's okay. And I love you. And I appreciate when you get worried when there's new, there's no new episodes. I think you're going to get touched.
1: You are going to get so many emails next weekend.
0: I know. It's okay. (laughs) It's okay. It's always very sweet where they're like, I just don't, are you, what happened? Um, So, Eric, before we move into the bad news section, Uh we got to talk about uh, recommendations, obviously. And I want to start with, and this is somewhat rare for me, music recommendations. What? And it's weird. It's not like I don't listen to music. I honestly think I just forget that I can recommend music on this show. So I, I tend to obviously... I'm biased. I tend to recommend TV, movies, occasionally books. That's right. I read. Um, But I forget about music all the time.
1: I think it's a thing.
0: Go ahead.
1: I was just going to say, I think I do the same thing. I think it's probably because knowing you a little bit, you tend to watch things that are current and relevant and then music might be a little older. I don't mean like old, but like it didn't come out, you know, you might listen to music that didn't come out like this week or something. So that that,
0: used to be the case, except now, you know, we're all extremely online right now. Right. My old sketch team, we have a channel devoted just to music on Slack Wow. So anytime there's a new album now, I get like a message from someone who's like, "Yo, Kid Cudi just dropped an album." Wow. So now I feel like I'm much more up to speed. Which I think you're right, though. I think ordinarily I would like wait a few weeks and then be like, "Is this old?" Even though that that's crazy to think waiting a few weeks is old suddenly. But hey, that's what living in 2020 is, (laughs) right? Right. i don't know uh so but now i feel like i'm much more on top of it but obviously my first musical recommendation there's a new kid Cudi album out man on the moon three and guess what are you holding on to your fucking faces there's a track with phoebe bergers on it because she's fucking everywhere right now because she made one of the best albums of 2020 so everybody wants to have her on their tracks now but she's great on it. I think the album overall is dope. I mean, Kid Cudi's a genius, but it's a, it's a great album and I recommend it enthusiastically.
1: Hell yeah, I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, but everybody's been saying very good things about it.
0: And look, is there a new Taylor Swift album out called Evermore and is it great as well? Yes, but Kid Cudi and Phoebe Burgers are on a track together. So how can you possibly be excited about anything else? Um, I know that's my personal taste, but that's how I feel. Evermore is great. I think Taylor Swift has been m- murdering it lately, and I was not a fan of hers until very, very recently. But I think she's uh, great too. I just, you know, Kid Cudi's Kid Cudi.
1: Yeah, you know what's you know it's a, a fun music thing that happened to me recently is uh, uh, going back to your point about 2020. Is I've been you know I always like to read the top you know top end of the year list or whatever at the end of the year and sure. multiple people you know multiple big magazines i think pitchfork i think rolling stone a couple others all have uh fiona apples uh is it i, I think it's fetch the bolt cutters um, yes yes which uh, i yeah. listened
0: to once loved it and then never listened to it again
1: i have i did not even know that it came out this year i really? remember it coming out i know no i remember it coming out i forgot that it was this year oh it sure. feels like it came out Two years ago.
0: Yeah, yeah, I totally know what you mean. Time is <laughs> fucking warped right now, man. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah.
1: I read that and I was like, what?
0: Yeah, that, came that, out that this is an year? insane true fact. Um, so yeah, I do check out New Kid Cudi. at least check mm-hmm. out the track with him and Phoebe Bridgers on it. Also, just check out Phoebe Bridgers' new album. She's wonderful. She's also been appearing a lot on comedy podcasts which at first okay. i was like what and then i listened to her on a couple of those podcasts she's very funny nice very quick love to see that yeah yeah she's cool she's a cool lady um <laughs> eric what are your recommendations
1: i also first for me have a very timely recommendation something that just wow. came
0: out wow okay
1: i know i'm moving up in the world uh i just want it's two recommendations wrapped up in one great okay First recommendation, overall recommendation, just watched literally this morning because I have a weird schedule, so I've been watching it all day already because I've been up since 2 a.m. I watched season two of Manhunt.
0: Oh, okay. I've not seen.
1: So I recommended the first season of Manhunt a long time ago because the first season of Manhunt is all about uh, searching for the Unabomber. It's very good. They just dropped season 2 and now it's all about hunting uh Eric Rudolph and the And where uh, the,
0: where does this stream?
1: It is on Netflix. Okay. So, it's all about the hunt for Eric Rudolph and everything surrounding the Atlanta Olympic bombing and several like abortion clinic bombings and things like that around Atlanta and Birmingham and stuff like that. So, it's incredibly good. The second recommendation within this bigger recommendation is that we do not talk enough, as a nation, about how much of a national treasure Cameron Britton is.
0: Hold on. Hold on. Hold you on. You know who he
1: is. You know him oh, better yes. Ed Oh Ed god. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, Mindhunter.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes.
1: He's Ed Kemper like, Mindhunter. My brain play- was doing
0: that thing where it was like the mm. colorful spinning wheel where it's like, right. you know this name. Where do you know this <laughs> uh-huh. name from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, he you, is phenomenal.
1: He plays Richard Jewell. Holy in shit. Manhunt and oh it is I cried so many times throughout the watching the season because he's such he's so good at being like a like deep empathetic character even as like Ed Kemper and I don't mean empathetic as like you feel bad for him but like even as Ed Kemper you like you feel like you're like learning about a per- like a human being yeah
0: his performance as Ed Kemper is one of the wildest things I've ever seen because it's very rare that you see someone portray a real person where they're crushing both the actual impersonation where you're like, that is exactly what he looked like. That is exactly mm-hmm. what he sounded like. And as you just said, Eric, tapping into a really profound pathos where it's like, yeah. Oh my God, like you, you understand them better as a person. That's very very rare. You have to be like a gifted impersonator and a very gifted actor.
1: Yeah, yeah, and he and he crushed it in Mindhunter, and, then, and so he plays Richard Jewell in this series in in this season of Mindhunter because it's it's about like those two different storylines about wow. like the Richard Jewell thing, and then of course like this the search for Eric Rudolph. Man, good for um, him!
0: I'm glad he's he's booking like oh crazy because he is he's super so talented. Good. I mean, I
1: was just, like, so, like, uh, I I did. I mean, I love, like, great acting and and TV and movies and all this stuff. But I was, was, like, so deeply invested in his portrayal of Richard Jewell. And Mm -hmm. I was just like, this guy is unbelievable.
0: Well, that's a great option for people who don't want to watch fucking Clint Eastwood's movie about (laughs) the (laughs) same event. So that's a good plan B. I think Um, it's
1: very good. And I highly, highly recommend it.
0: It sounds really good. And then what else you got?
1: Um, I honestly haven't, you know what I, I, I can't remember if I said this on the show or not, but over, this would have been a couple of weeks ago now, but over Thanksgiving I was dog sitting, so I watched a lot of movies and I rewatched Nightcrawler and then because I, because it was recommended to me and I went on a little Jake Gyllenhaal uh, kick, I rewatched Zodiac.
0: Ugh, one of my favorites, all time favorite movies is Zodiac is so good.
1: It is, it is so good and it's one of the few movies where if you have a differing opinion on, of me, I will fight you about it. I will, oh, I, like, yeah. people who are like, Zodiac's boring, I will come at get you. Get the fuck okay? out of here. Get the I fuck out of here. I will come after you if yeah, you try that, to pull it's, that shit Yeah, It's that a, a friendship
0: ender if you say you don't like Zodiac. It's like, oh really? Oh well, I don't like you as a fucking human.
1: <laughs> okay, why don't you get out? How about that?
0: We can get the fuck out of here. Yeah, mm, it yeah. is so well done. It, it's just everything about Zodiac is so dope. But I saw you tweeting about Nightcrawler. Yes. And I tweeted you where I was like, oh, I got to rewatch fucking Nightcrawler. Because I really liked it. Um, and Rene Russo is wonderful in it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I, It really just made me want to revisit it.
1: Jake Gyllenhaal, a little too good at being a creep.
0: He Makes is, me- but I love him doing it. He's so good. It's He's like, great what- at it
1: he's un- he's really great there was a weird moment for me in the movie and i, I s- sort of briefly mentioned this on twitter where i was wa- i hadn't wa- i watched it like right after it came out and it was a good movie whatever rewatching it now there's a scene when towards the beginning of the movie for people that don't know just like basic plot i don't think it's a spoiler but he he's a, he's a uh, a guy who films things to uh, to to sell to news like to sell footage to to news uh, companies and um he start so he's sort of like at the beginning of the film learning how to do that and there's a like a training mo- like a like a rocky style training montage of him listening to police scanners and and learning uh los angeles police uh codes mm-hmm. which is a thing that i have done mm-hmm. and so it was like a real like out of body moment like oh god like th- this is too real this a is little like,
0: too close to home for you, yeah.
1: I I literally have done the thing he was doing, like right. like sit like been sitting at a table, like jotting down police codes and listening to radio and like kind of decipher what the cops are talking about. And I was like, oh god, like that is literally my job. So do you, you know so, all
0: the codes now? Yes,
1: I do. I'm okay, very well versed. Okay, so
0: well-versed. what is what's the code for a drunken disorderly?
1: Oh, uh. Well, in in Los Angeles,
0: uh, no, 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 no. Since you said that you've been listening to police scanners, I mean the NYPD,
1: NYPD. Okay, much different. Uh, they don't have a particular code for drunk. It would just be in, um, They just refer to him as EDPs.
0: Ooh, okay. What about what about a fight, like a full ass fight?
1: Hmm. Good question. So that would be a uh, a ten thirty nine.
0: Ooh. now why did you respond why were you like oh it's very different like wh- why is the lapd code so different from the nypd
1: oh every just every city has their own way of communicating over the radio
0: yeah so like what would an lapd a full-ass fight be
1: uh in la uh i think they just refer to that as a 415
0: Okay, very yeah. impressive, very impressive. So I just reminded myself, one of the craziest Jake Gyllenhaal performances I think I've ever seen, it's it's a weird recommendation because I, I don't remember the overall film at all. I just remember mm-hmm. a very specific moment where I was like watching the screen and I was like, is Jake Gyllenhaal the best actor alive? <laughs> so ha- did you ever see Prisoners? No. Okay, So I'm not going to get into the plot at all. Y'all can look it up. No spoilers. Don't worry. He plays a detective in that movie named Detective Loki, which reminded me, I have to recommend something else in a second, Mm -hmm. but he, uh, (laughs) so he's Detective Loki and Detective Loki, listen, he's got, and you're not going to believe this, some baggage. And he is doing a very intense interrogation. And then afterwards, he goes to the bathroom and he's looking at his own reflection in the mirror. And Jake Gyllenhaal is doing this thing with his face where he obviously decided that this character has an involuntary tick. Okay. And he twitches. The corner of his eye twitches. Mm-hmm. Involuntarily, supposedly. Right? We're supposed to believe that. Right so this is Jake Gyllenhaal making a very specific physical choice that he keeps up the entire film. And it truly does look reflexive. Like he's not trying to do it. And I was just watching him and I was like, that is such a fucking crazy next level acting choice. He just gave himself something extra and harder to do than his already hard job of acting, you know? Like yeah, he just layered it on top, and it looks effortless. And I was like, "He's fucking incredible."
1: Yeah, it's 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 a really bold choice to give yourself because they they tell you to like make a physical choice, like give yourself. But it's like it's a different layer to give yourself a thing that you have to do. On and top on of the top acting. of
0: all of the other physical choices he's making, because that's obviously right. not the only thing he's doing. It's just this weird sort of extra thing that makes you think like what happened to this guy you know it's it was really masterful and that's when i was like i think jake dylan hall is one of the greatest actors alive right now and i stand by that you guys he's really Um, good so the other thing that obviously reminded me of, since his name is Detective Loki, there's a new trailer for Loki's Apple Plus show out right now. And guys, I'm just going to say it, that f- show looks like it's going to be fun as hell and might actually, uh, I had briefly signed up for for Disney Plus to watch The Mandalorian and, you know star wars is hard for me and i didn't connect with it (laughs) so Mm -hmm. i canceled my membership i'm gonna have to fucking sign up again because i gotta watch loki
1: you know you know what's a funny thing that happened i i i do kind of want to watch loki although i i it's hard for me to imagine myself getting disney plus but uh i do i love star wars and they just recently announced like 18 more star wars movies and i was like i'm over it guys please pick something else to do please pick literally uh, anything else to do
0: and like listen i know it's done well I know the actors are incredible i'm really excited by who they're choosing to direct uh these these disney spinoffs because they are picking a lot of like women and people of color and women of color and that's really exciting you know so like i understand like good things are happening I just don't connect with the material at all. I think because I don't have the nostalgia factor. I wasn't raised on a Star Wars diet. You know, I got into, I tried to get into it much later in life. It is not for me, babies, but I'm so happy everybody's enjoying it and and having a good time. And when I was watching The Mandalorian, I was aware the whole time where I was like, this is done really well. Like this is executed excellently everyone's murdering their respective roles here i just couldn't get into it and i think the only thing that i might have gotten into was the thing that had been so ruined by the internet that there was no surprise factor which is the right. child baby baby yoda right you know i had seen that character uh, a screen grab of that character from every fucking angle so i was like no surprise there um but yeah
1: that, but on the that baby- note go ahead Oh, I was just going to say the Baby Yoda phenomenon was really incredible to the point where the character took on a life of its own to the point where when they actually said the real name of the character, people were like, wait, it's not named Baby Yoda? Baby Yoda, yeah. They're like, no, we never said that.
0: Yeah. And this happens after Yoda, so it can't be Baby Yoda? (laughs) Yeah, it made no sense. Guys, on that note, it's that time of the show. Let's all hold hands and cry. Here is your bad news. So, as has been the case for the past few weeks... Our lead bad news story, obviously, is COVID, the COVID fatalities, which are completely out of control in the United States right now. These, oh, really? <laughs> have you noticed? I don't know if you oh, noticed, Eric. Did you Did
1: you think that having a 9-11 every single day was bad news?
0: Yeah, so that's the first story. The CDC chief, uh, Robert Redfield, warned everybody that daily COVID fatalities will likely exceed 9-11 death tolls for the next few months. For the next few months, everybody. I don't know if you just did that math in your head, but that's 90-some-odd days. For the next 90-some-odd dates, every goddamn day, we will exceed the 9-11 death toll.
1: Yeah, it's just like, I don't understand. Like, I mean, I get it, but it's also like, I don't... There's got to be some way to convince people of something of this magnitude without literally your family dying.
0: So I have bad news for you. There's not. So because (laughs) i you know, as a millennial, I have uh, 15 goddamn jobs. And one Mm -hmm. of my jobs is as a producer. And one of the shows I produce for, we, of course, were doing segments on COVID. And- we have a, a live chat that goes out during during the show. And there was a, a viewer who just straight up was like, I don't know anyone who's died from this. It's not real. Right. And a bunch of other viewers were like, well, my aunt fucking died from it, so fuck you. <laughs> but truly, there are some people who, especially if you live like in a rural community, who are just unaffected by it, who, who therefore, even if they think it's real, they're not like certainly not responding like they probably responded on the morning of September 11th, you know.
1: Well, yeah, this is the big problem now is that it the sp- it is spread so far now that it's every state um is is having upticks and uncontrolled spread. Um and so when so it, when you read a number like 3,000 people dead, that's a lot. But spread over 50 states and thousands of miles, it's like oh like i i don't see those immediate impacts i don't notice those impacts right so a bunch of people are just like it's actually not that bad
0: right right um so another facet of this that i wanted to talk about cuz i don't think we ever got to it on the show is the rebecca jones angles uh, you know talking about this spreading to other states and really popping off in other states now I check, I have to check the numbers every day and watching Texas and California aggressively come for New York city's title as Mm -hmm. the most COVID deaths has just been wild, but Florida is definitely up there too. And I don't know if you guys saw the story, but, uh, well now almost $200,000 has been raised to fund the legal fees of Rebecca Jones who is a fired Florida State COVID-19 data scientist because her home was raided by police earlier this week um And Rebecca, you know, famously has been this outspoken critic of Florida's coronavirus response ever since she was fired from her role at the Department of Health earlier in the year. She was sort of trying to like warn people before it popped off in Florida where she was like, they're really mismanaging this. It's going to be bad. And now it is bad. So she claimed that the state was actively suppressing covid-19 statistics and a bid to cover up the extent of the pandemic obviously because they didn't want to like close businesses and restaurants and hurt the economy in that way um so yeah she i don't know if you saw it eric but she like live streamed her her home being raided
1: i did i did see it um it's a really like i just don't it's one of the few like times where i'm like just completely bewildered where i'm like you know <laughs> like in politics obviously politicians are always trying to say face they're always trying to look good but it's like you can't like you can't look good about a pandemic there's no spin yeah you get to well put that's on where that, i right? wonder
0: if it is partly denialism where it's like maybe they do believe it where they're like it won't be that bad it's just the flu And then they have that like one on one contact where either they get it and they realize how bad it is or a family member gets it and they can see how bad it is. And then they're like, oh, I think and I've said this before on the show, empathy really is a muscle that you have to work. Otherwise, it can atrophy. And I think for some people, it is hard for them to empathize unless something like this affects their immediate lives and then they'll believe it but it's not enough for them to see the statistics. It's not enough for them to watch news footage of healthcare workers being like, this is awful. We're out of hospital beds. That's not enough for them.
1: Right. Yeah. It's not. And I mean, it's like, yeah, I don't know. I just don't know. I have, I don't like being like super like pessimistic or black or whatever you want to call it. But like, I have a hard time coming out of this with any sort of like, uh uh faith <laughs> in in like you know it, it cuz I, I always kind of like obviously uh things are bad in america they've been bad for a long time um but it was always like it, i think in the back of my head i always felt like well in some sort of national emergency that's this obvious that you know things would like be like you know people at least at least something like literal death and a disease is not something you can argue about, right? And this year just completely quashed all my hopes about that. And like the Rebecca Jones case is one of those where it's like I mean, literally like she was just reporting numbers and DeSantis was like, Well, this is making us look bad. And it's like right. it doesn't it doesn't fucking matter if it makes you look bad. <laughs> like, well, I'm you don't so get-
0: I'm so glad you talked about the death of optimism because I agree with you. And I'm going to explain why in our Mm -hmm. next story. A lot of people are obviously very excited that Biden-Harris defeated the Trump administration. Obviously, we agree with that assessment on the show. But I got to say, guys, more than 100 House Republicans signing an amicus brief in support of a Texas lawsuit at overturning the Democratic election results in four swing states is a bad look. And I had a friend texting me who was literally just like, I mean, can this end in anything but civil war or an attempt at secession, which is like the same thing basically. And I was like, I, I think we are, I don't see a way that we're not heading in that direction.
1: Yeah. It certainly feels that way. I mean, you know, I think the only, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it does feel that way. It it really truly does. I mean, there is, I think maybe a world where, you know, all of this stuff is just like, you know, just it's the classic, like, you know, throw the spaghetti against the wall approach. And once it's certified, it'll just go back to politics as normal, which is already bad. <laughs> um, but once there's no options, they, I mean, they'll just go back. Cause like, None of these politicians, they have cushy jobs and they make a lot of money for not doing a lot. So, I mean, they probably won't want to give that up. But, I mean, that's a long shot. I I mean, it does feel like. and
0: the problem with that is it will only go back to normal on a surface level. So, like, we'll still have talking heads on CNN calling themselves Democrats and Republicans. Like, all of that surface level stuff, you're 100% right, will go back to normal. And it will feel artificially like things have, quote, unquote, gone back to normal. Meanwhile what is actually happening is there are growing militias in this country acquiring more and more guns. That's right. what's happening on the ground and that has been getting much much worse um exponentially for the past few decades. And that has never gone back to base level. Like, they just keep acquiring more guns, and the militias keep growing. And then occasionally we'll have a domestic terrorist attack where people suddenly, the white militias, are back on everybody's radar, and then we forget about them again. But they never go away.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm curious uh, about your opinion on this. Do you think that they okay, they're always going to exist i think we need to like make peace not, i mean not yes. make peace with it. you need to understand that though is that like
0: they I mean, always had, have been they always will be yeah i mean yeah. i mean
1: you know i mean, like like I was, I was watching this this manhunt show and it's about the fbi and so like they were like clearly talking about like you know ruby ridge and, and waco and right. stuff like that it's like Types uh, of even before that,
0: it's like, what do you right. think the history of this country is? is the history of this country <laughs> yeah, is like, white supremacy, violent white supremacy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I'm just curious if you thought of like, do you? They're always going to exist. Do you feel like they will be emboldened without Trump in actual power? He's going he's yeah. to be around.
0: He's going to be around. I, feel I mean, I- like you know. this crew is never more successful at recruiting and operating than when they are operating from a place of resentment and fear and they love that victimhood complex. So when they are not in power, I feel like they're actually better at operating because they feel Mm -hmm. more like victims. They feel like the country's changing in scary ways that, there's no space for them. They feel like, you know, the Democrats are... They used to just think the Democrats were evil, but now, like, they're evil people who, like, fuck kids and try to right. extract their their blood or their hormones, whatever right. Q believes. The Adrenochrome. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, it's next level. They're not just evil. They're, like, you know, fucking and killing children evil. So... I think, yeah, it's it's worse when they're not in power because they get to really jack off to the whole victimhood thing. Um, But what I told my friend who texted me was I was like, listen, there's like a million things that can destroy us before the white militias get us. Right. Right, So like I am actually much more concerned about like climate change refugees because our coastal lines are rapidly flooding. Um, You know, Superstorm Sandy was just a taste of it of it here in new york city and some of our subway lines are still down from that you know so there's gonna be millions of people migrating into the heartland of america which is just gonna completely like if you think covid fucked our economy wait until that happens
1: well i mean did i mean i don't you know look i have lived in new york for five years i've enjoyed every single minute of it even when it's stressful and bad uh it does feel a lot like the city is crumbling. Um, it was already crumbling, but now it's like because of COVID and all this stuff, like, I mean, there's a recent report, and I don't think it's come to a resolution yet, and it might at the beginning of the year, but, like, like they're cutting the MTA by, like, 40%. There's going to be, like, literally, like, parts of the day without service at all, which would just destroy the city.
0: And they're raising the fee for the right. for the cards. So it's like, yeah. why we're paying for uh, less service is what you're saying?
1: Yeah, I mean, that would just, I mean, that would literally just destroy the city. Um, So that's, I mean, those types of things, the the sort of like austerity budgeting that's going to come after COVID to these major like metro areas is going to be really devastating. So, yeah, I do think there's going to be a lot of, there's going to be a lot of migration. Then there's going to be climate migration, which is going to be a big problem. Uh, This is why I'm moving to the woods. Uh, (laughs) Sure. um, uh, No, but I, yeah, I, well, I guess one of my, my hopes for the, one of the things that's been happening in the past couple of weeks that I think is interesting and may, I mean, look, I don't have a lot of hope, but one of the few hopeful things of like not getting murdered by some like jerk off and camo is that uh, so something that's happening is like, like the Trump administration and just like the whole like, broader, like Trump movement is kind of going to like a death rattle as it gets closer and closer. And they're like, Slowly splintering and fracturing, like Trump was literally like tweeting like shit about Bill Barr this morning, and they're just sort of like, they're like as they're going down, they're just kind of splintering. My hope is that even though the individual like militia people are going to be more emboldened mentally by like their their victimhood or perceived victimhood, uh, they might get so they might keep fracturing so small that they can't do anything. Is my hope.
0: Yeah. I'm- This is such a long conversation that we could like do an entire episode on. My fear about fractioning like that, though, is that, you know, famously, that's how the Nazis took control of the parliamentary system, where it was like these these political groups kept fracturing to a point where the Nazis no longer had to win a majority of the population. They just had to win more than the other factions. Right. Um, That's my fear where it's like it's not I'm not scared of trump because the trump administration was so fucking inept they still did a tremendous amount of damage they could have done way more if they like even were remotely capable in front of a judge but they weren't right um it's the next guy if the next guy is smart and capable and charming and able to herd the loyalty of the right ooh, that's going to be scary you know
1: yeah, I I'm interested to see who can do that. I mean, like I said, we had this conversation once before. Yeah, yeah. And, and I I originally would have thought it was somebody like Dan Crenshaw, but like Dan Crenshaw was just like talking shit about like the sort of like more like you know the sort of like really hardcore like anti-war right, like there's there's like these like hardcore libertarian protectionists who don't want you know any war troops out you know outside of the U.S. and stuff like that, and like obviously. Dan Crenshaw went to war so he's all about war and he loves war and uh and I think like I I don't know like he, he so like he was somebody that was like in their good graces and then he gets out so I don't I don't know who takes that mantle from Trump because like in a lot of ways nobody else is as crazy as Trump. Yeah, and, and like so,
0: listen, who knows? We we might not have even met this person yet, you know? They might right. come oh, out that's of the b- fucking woodwork.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I would be interested to see I think if I'm trying to think of like what's the most likely thing to happen, kind of what I envision in the future, I personally think that what's going to happen is Trump's going to leave office. Um he's going to buy up a bunch of these smaller hard conservative news stations like OAN and Newsmax and he's going to make a giant super station in like a media empire for cuz like everybody all, all the right hates Fox News now. So like there's this big hole for this like hard right movement and like right. some of these these other channels are smaller so they don't have the reach they have Guys, like
0: it is wild to watch a q QAnon live stream and hear oh them chant God. fuck fox news yeah it's like it's, damn they think fox news is mainstream
1: oh yeah they think the fox news is like like a Liberal. globalist globalist socialist network now yeah it's bullshit. so
0: that's how far that's why i'm like this shit is not going to go back to quote unquote normal
1: Right. Yeah. I'm I'm interested because I think he'll probably turn it to because he's going to make, I mean, just billions of dollars doing that. And and so he can sort of like buy up these smaller channels, make a giant, super, you know, fucking crazy. Yeah, media I think empire. that's
0: that's a good bet. And then meanwhile, you know, because they didn't get the Senate, a Biden-Harris administration is not going to be able to do anything. Resentment towards the left, the, the quote unquote left. Will grow and then the right will be poised to send in somebody completely psychotic to the White House.
1: You know what's going to really make me like just throw away my computer and just like flee into the woods forever is when they win both of these Georgia runoffs. So they actually do have a majority in the Senate and just like Biden and Harris do fucking nothing for four yeah, years. Yeah,
0: I know. I know. That is a <laughs> distinct possibility. Guys. <laughs> I'm just...
1: Well, actually,
0: one last thing I was about to move into good news, but one last thing, because this actually did make me laugh. Did you see the Orlando Sentinel editorial board? They they published an official apology (laughs) for endorsing U.S. Representative Michael Waltz. Um,
1: (laughs) No, I did not see. this. So
0: the headline of it is we apologize for endorsing U.S. Representative Michael Waltz, who wants to overturn the election which I just think is a hilarious title for it. And then they write, we had no idea, had no way of knowing at that time that Waltz was not committed to democracy. During our endorsement interview with the incumbent congressman, we didn't think to ask, would you support an effort to throw out the votes of tens of millions of Americans in four states in order to overturn a presidential election and hand it to the person who lost, Donald Trump? <laughs> our bad. Our bad trust us some variation of that request will be asked of anyone running for Congress in the future particularly Republican candidates whose party is attempting to upend the way we choose a president Uh, and then they go into like what happened Um, but yes I thought that was very funny and also yeah maybe don't endorse little uh, baby fascists I don't know
1: yeah it's just like oh we could have never seen this coming it's like we had no have.
0: yeah, like, of course, of course, there were Does warning li- signs. Th- th-
1: like, everybody, like, w- did he like Trump? Then, of course, this was always, this that's was always the That's your warning sign,
0: bitch. Yeah. yeah. Guys, on that note, that's enough of the bad. Let's end things with the good. Here's your Good news. <laughs> All right. Obviously, we got to start the good news section with that sweet, sweet, sweet vaccine news.
1: Mm, yeah. The
0: FDA advisory panel has given the green light to <laughs> the <laughs> Pfizer vaccine.
1: This is good news. But did you see this? Is, <laughs> did you see the story that came out right? Like late yesterday that was like trump told the fda head it was like you need to approve it or sign your resignation i was like that's yeah. not how that's not how this works
0: no he's insane <laughs> and and some people were a little concerned because the final vote was 17 to 4 and people were like what the fuck do those four people know it seems like they got into a little bit of a heated exchange because Right now, the authorization for the vaccine is for people who are 16 years and older, and those four people were really like, is it safe for 16-year-olds? Right. And ultimately, the 17 votes were like, it is, the benefits outweigh any potential risk, so let's vaccinate the 16-year-olds, so just so everybody like knows like what the conversation was where those four people were like, no, it wasn't because they were like, but people are dying when they take this vaccine. It was just like, well, we don't have enough information because we're moving very fast, which we are, but I just have to tell everybody no medical benchmarks in any of these trials are being skipped. They're just happening very fast because the entire world is working on this and to their enormous credit, Tens of thousands of people signed up very, very early in the vaccine trials, Mm -hmm. volunteering their bodies to experiment on, basically. So those people are incredibly brave. Um, And if we lived in a sane society, would would be rewarded uh, financially for doing that. (sighs) But, yeah, there were a lot of fucking heroes who stepped up and were working on this really hard. So that's why everything's happening fast
1: yeah I uh, this is probably a huge bias on my part and I, I totally acknowledge that. I am of the opinion that like I like look doctors have their own you know personal biases and, and stuff like that. I am not one of those people as like it's you know way too fast they you know it, yes, doctors and, and you know pharma companies and stuff all have financial incentives. I like to believe that if the vaccine was unsafe, they would not have just pushed it out due to pressure.
0: No, I mean you have to take into consideration this isn't just Pfizer working on this. Like I understand right. skepticism of a multinational um, medical conglomerate like like Pfizer. I understand yeah, that. I of think course. I think having skepticism about anything Pfizer does is really healthy, actually. Right. This is many, many companies in many, many countries. So yeah. like and and the scientific community, like shares a lot of information, even if like private pharmaceutical companies don't want to, because they want that sweet patent, you know, right, but like right. scientists talk to each other. So like for sure, if there was like shady shit going on, it would have leaked by now, you know, Right. Um, right. I do have to mention, even though we're in the good news section, I have to mention this detail because it's just like another layer of ineptitude where it's just <laughs> like, are you fucking serious? So according to the Washington post, Pfizer advised Trump officials in charge of Operation Warp Speed to purchase 200 million doses um, of or I'm sorry, 200 million dollars worth of doses of the vaccine since it requires a two shot regimen. But the officials passed on the offer buying half the amount of doses instead. So there's not going to be enough vaccines for everybody.
1: Yeah, just what the fuck? Like, why would you like have Like, why would this- you
0: cut that corner?
1: Especially when it's like, they're taking credit for it, and they're like, yeah, this Operation Warp Speed was the reason we got the vaccine. It's like, okay, great, but you didn't order any of it for people. And meanwhile, so you have Trump matter? on the
0: fucking phone- threatening the fda like you gotta pass this it's like motherfucker you guys didn't even order enough vaccines for everybody and i bet you i bet you it literally came down to the most petty reason and that's that they wanted to go back to trump and say hey pfizer was trying to charge us this much but uh we got it for half because they're all fucking car salesmen
1: right they probably were like oh these fucking eggheads told us they have to take the vaccine twice we got them down to one it's like no that's not yes, how it works you have to how take it, it twice
0: it's ineffective if you don't get the two shots yeah <laughs> um it's just
1: like uh so it's just like yeah i just like that that that's like a perfect example of the level of ineptitude in this whole like administration It's like they went through all the trouble all year of this like huge like Let's get it going. Let's get a vaccine, you know, uh, pumping money into research. And then when it came time to get it, they just didn't order it. And it's like, what the fuck?
0: Yeah. So obviously, Pfizer intends to ship out the vaccines very quickly. Uh, the first batch, rightfully so, is going to go to healthcare workers and nursing homes. Normies like you and me, Eric, we probably won't get it until spring, maybe like late spring. So that's the timeline right now. Um, Also in good news, and I tease this a little bit in the bad news section, but the Supreme Court on Friday officially rejected a bid from Texas's attorney general, supported by Trump, obviously, to block the ballots of millions of voters in battleground states. And not only did they reject it, they rejected it in, like, a mean way where they were basically like, y'all are fucking dumb. Get this shit out of here.
1: Well, I was so glad to see that because the whole time they were filing this lawsuit and, you know, I, I watched a lot of conservative media and they were, like, talking about this lawsuit and, like, you know, really going into detail. And the whole time I was thinking, like, this doesn't make any sense. I'm not even saying, like, I think, like, even beyond the, the whole, like, I think it's bad and, and, and a danger to, like, be this like you know like grabbing onto the curtains trying to hold on to the election but like the the specific lawsuit itself i read it and i was like i don't this doesn't fucking make any sense
0: it may not only does not make no sense like you know whenever there's like a, a court decision like this they'll always release a dissent from one of the justices like right hey we had a little bit of a debate about it they didn't release a fucking dissent because there wasn't one
1: there was and a- that's
0: like Justice Thomas and Alito,
1: right? There was like an addendum. They basically they because they didn't hear it, so there was no like real right, like right. legal dissent. But like Alito and Thomas were like, "Well, I think we should hear it." And all the other justices were like, "This is nah. fucking stupid." But it Eat was like shit, a- Kim As
0: lukewarm as it could get. Like the yeah they and also I think it was a little bit of stop wasting our fucking time. Because we have so many other enormously important cases. And, like, don't worry. The Supreme Court is going to fuck us epically. But, like, they have so much other shit they need to hear that they were like, what the fuck is this?
1: Well, that was the other thing. It was like they went through—Trump has put three people on the bench, and even they were like, fuck off. No, like, this that's is- how
0: bad it And that's why, going back to how inept this administration was, thank God, they had—and I feel like this was the story of this administration— there were so many judges who were like, you guys didn't even present a coherent case. Like they were so inept so often in the courtroom that they really just, they could have done way more damage if they had even like moderately smart people working for them.
1: Right. Well, all of of their lawsuits were like, well, you know, um, with mail-in ballots, there's a high potential for fraud. And the judge was like, Okay, did show do me. You have any evidence show of fraud? Me. Show me where like, the fraud was. Yeah, and they're like, no, but e- fraud could happen. And it's like, well, you have to, you have to actually show the fraud.
0: You have like to bring evidence into a court. <laughs> like, it's almost like, did you guys go to law school? Like, right. how and that- the fuck did you think? And I understand you're putting a lawyer in an impossible position when it's like, hey, prove this untrue <laughs> thing to be true. Right. But they were just breathtakingly <laughs> bad at it.
1: Right, and, and that was the thing about the Texas lawsuit. It was like, literally, the lawsuit was like. Well, so Texas had their election, right? And then other states, according to Texas, d- you know, did not uh, adhere to their own in state election standards. So that harmed Texas. It's like, how? How did that? Ha- Tech, you, if Texas had their election and everything went well, then it doesn't matter what the other states did. Right. Like, that has no effect on Texas there's no harm <laughs> like you know what i mean it's just like and i was so glad to read that like like whatever like the the supreme court sucks and they make bad opinions most of the time but like but it was like really good to see them being like this doesn't make you can't do this this doesn't make any sense
0: it was a weird like moment of reprieve and like a return to sanity a little bit where they were just like a bunch of an adult a bunch of adults in a room being like <laughs> get out of here <laughs> yeah. you are yeah, not I, prepared to be in the big person courtroom
1: right yeah it was just like and i think that's like what you know i hope people are like paying attention because like this is going to be the story for like the next year it's like as soon as biden takes it you know takes office all the fucking republicans will be like well the, you know the courts threw it out or whatever and it's like no you had a fucking you you had a favorable court so and favorable, still they were like, <laughs>
0: such a conservative Supreme Court. And they were still yeah. like, get out of here. <laughs> so uh, speaking of judges and a return to sanity, and this is the reason that I can't be like, there will be no positive ramifications of a Biden-Harris administration because uh, in in terms of immigration policy, this is huge, right? So right. Uh, a federal judge has ruled that, um, Chad Wolf acting as department of Homeland, uh, security secretary, um, was not actually in an official position to suspend all new applicants for, <laughs> uh, DACA because he was never officially appointed to that position. So he could <laughs> not throw out those applications. Uh, DACA obviously is the deferred action for childhood arrivals program, and this federal judge in Brooklyn was like, uh, this is straight garbage. I'm throwing it out. So obviously that's really exciting because, um, people can apply for DACA again, which is correct.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, uh, to your point, I think, because this is, I, I will say this because I think this is probably going to be a, uh, a running, uh, issue on your, uh, on your podcast specifically which is that uh, yes criticize like biden harris are bad but that they're obviously better than trump (laughs) obviously objectively yeah so like yes good things like this will happen occasionally i still think they're terrible and like it's going to be a really bad administration and and
0: does the democratic party suck absolutely obviously do corporate democrats moderate democrats suck absolutely obviously is it weird that Diane Feinstein can still be a senator, even though she has um, oh my God. a brain made of soup? Yes. That,
1: oh, my God. I, I, was, I read that article like with my mouth open. Like, so this is
0: a friend of mine texted me, and they just included the link. And all it said was, this reads like a cry for help from Diane Feinstein's staffers. Because obviously yeah. they leaked that story to the press. And I was like, that is 100% what it is. She is screaming at staffers, accusing them of not having briefed her on things that they briefed her on that very morning. That's how fucking gone she is mentally. This woman is a sitting U.S. senator. Here's the thing, everybody. I don't want to be ageist. I don't want to be ableist on this show ever. I understand there are concerns about medical privacy, all of that stuff. The average age of a U.S. senator is 72 years old. We need to have a regular check-in with these people to see if they even understand the bills that they're voting on. Yeah. I think. Course, I think they need I mean- to see a doctor, and I think that we need to have transparency about this shit. Because does Diane Feinstein understand what's happening in this country? Honestly.
1: I mean, it doesn't seem like it.
0: Doesn't seem like it. Why is she a U.S. senator? And I know that's like kind of a scary conversation to have because we don't want to violate like the rights of old people in this country. I get all of that. She's a public servant. If she can't do her job, she can't be a senator. Period.
1: Yeah, like imagine like, like how would you feel if you went to your doctor and you told them everything was wrong with you and then like five minutes later they came back and asked you what was wrong with you. You'd be like, I don't want to do this right now. You know what I mean? Like, like when somebody has that much power and control over your life dealing with legislation and laws, they need to be fit to
0: serve. Right. If you're a public servant and you're Diane Feinstein holds millions of people's lives in the palm of her hand every time she votes, we need to make sure she doesn't have a brain made of soup. We just have to do that. And I know it's scary and we don't want to violate people's privacy. She's a public servant. People voted for her. We have the right to know what's going on in her fucking brain, you know? Um, yeah, and it's absolutely. so bad that her own staffers are like, we, you have to stop this woman. Um. So before we wrap up the episode, obviously I wanted to talk about, maybe not obviously, <laughs> but there have just been a couple moments recently that I think have just wrapped the Trump administration in a beautiful bow as like sort of a departing gift uh, and uh, maybe like a framing device for how we'll remember the last four years. Obviously, the one that everybody loved was the the Four Seasons mm. landscaping press conference wow. was really chef's a kiss. chef's wow. kiss moment um, to say goodbye to the Trump administration. But I really mm. have to put up there another recent Rudy Giuliani moment when he just straight up farted on Mike was, <laughs> Rudy, I don't know how to say this. Um, And I mean this from the bottom of my heart, the best parting gift you could have given us and how everyone will remember you for the rest of time when you could have just gone away after 9-11 and have been fondly remembered by everyone as America's mayor. You would have been loved for the ages, but now we're going to remember you as being um, the lawyer to a henchman who gave a shitty, sad press conference and then farted on Mike. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it was really like what a banner year for rudy julian wow just like, what
0: a <laughs> mentally unraveling carnival it's been yeah
1: it's just like i mean he went from like you know he ran in in 20 was it 2016 or 2012 i forget when he actually ran but he ran for president everybody made fun of him but then everybody kind of forgot because it was like whatever and it was just kind of like faded back into obsc- obscurity whatever and then you know, he had some moments here or there during the Trump administration. And then 2020 comes around and he's like, he's in a Borat movie. He, uh, his, you know. <laughs> his head melted?
0: His head, his head just head, melted on camera. He was just,
1: just melting. Uh He booked, like, he got a press conference at a landscaping company. He farted on TV. He got laughed out of court multiple times. Like, it's just like, bro, like, just give it a rest. Just, go, like, Go live in your fucking penthouse in New York and just chill. He what are you doing?
0: He can't now because it's like, well, he's destroyed his own legacy. So, like, where does he go from here?
1: It's just like, <laughs> like when you said that with like with Giuliani and like Trump and and Biden and Feinstein, I'm just like, this is like, I just—it's gonna be like a shit a show, car- guys. It's we're, just we're, a carnival of errors. We're just in like- for
0: th- th- the next at least four years. Total shit show. And I know we're in the good news section I shouldn't say that, but listen, at least we'll we'll all be together, right?
1: Well, I do. It is like, (laughs) I think it is, it's not necessarily good news, but I do think there is like, there's a side of me where I'm like, I do sort of enjoy watching the complete delegitimization of like all politicians to where like people just don't respect them anymore. I do, Um, but I'm
0: also like, we're going to have to deal with that like power vacuum.
1: And then it's like,
0: we have this crisis of institutions in this country where it's like Mm, it's it's mm. chris hayes's book right twilight of the elites if there's no trusted institutions anymore where do we go from there that's actually why here i'll end on this because i do think this is optimistic i find the almost universal trust placed in anthony fauci to be incredibly encouraging that there's still enough people in this country who Believe in science, who believe in facts, that Time Magazine was like, well, he has to be one of our people of the year, you know? Um, right. You know, Time Magazine's dumb and nobody really <laughs> cares about it. But <laughs> the reason he was put on the cover is because it was like, man, in a country that is so divided, here is a public figure who has almost universal trust in him, which yeah. is insane. The fact that that many Republicans trust him, I think, is incredibly encouraging. So, i think that is good news
1: yeah that is good i hope that trend continues because that is like it's like one of those weird things where you know it's kind of a nuanced thing where it's like yeah i don't love trust in politicians but like i do like trust in like i think hope i mean yeah i just hope that this year it's like shored up a lot of people's like belief and like you can't like there is no like going it alone in the midst of a global pandemic. We do have to have national like big, you know, responses like public health protocols for these types of things. We have to, it's not manageable otherwise. And whatever you do guys,
0: absolutely don't look at the polling about vaccines and like how many people (laughs) claim they're not going to take the COVID vaccine. That will scare you. Especially don't look at how many FDNY, uh employees said that they're not going to take the vaccine
1: uh for you know for what it's worth if anybody is listening to the show and is skeptical i'm taking it as soon as it's available to me
0: i would if they airdropped it to me right now i would inject myself
1: oh big t- oh yeah big oh, time, big time. Big yeah, time. I gotta I,
0: get the fuck out of this apartment, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, I no, I I will as soon as it is available for for someone like me, I'm signing up, I'm getting it, it's done.
0: It's a done. it's a done deal. Dunzo. Uh guys, please follow Eric on Twitter at E-R-E-K underscore Smith. Please follow Light Trees and News everywhere there is social media pretty much we're there at mm-hmm. us on Instagram. I never really plug the Instagram, but I'm trying to do like um, new cool stuff over there. I mm. don't know. Maybe go check it out. And guys, please go to uh, patreon.com slash Allison Kilkenny. You can sign up for as little as $5 a month to keep this old ship a creaking along. Are or you, uh, you can go uh, to light treason. News and smash that donate button. There's so many places to give to the show. Um, there's really no reason to not give to the show. What were you going to say, Eric?
1: I was just going to say you can go to Allison's Parlor. Uh, Big on Parlor.
0: Uh, Yep, I'm huge on Parlor. (laughs) Some might say I got too big on Parlor and then Parlor uh, turned on me. Some Mm, have said that. Um, I don't agree with that assessment, but yeah, I'm on Parlor as well. Yeah, guys, and thank you so much for listening. And while you're at it, stay inside and cause a little trouble.